Jared Corey Kushner was born on January 10, 1981 in Livingston, New Jersey. His father, Charles, is a wildly successful real estate magnate and as such did what plutocrats do, namely pour money into politics and get their kids into elite schools. In 2005, Charles Kushner was sentenced to two years in prison. And guess who the U.S. attorney who put Kushner behind bars was? Famous beachgoer Chris Christie. I had someone say to me at an event that I was at a week or so ago, so you um, put Jared Kushner's father in jail? And I said, no, uh, Charlie Kushner put himself in jail. With his father in prison, Jared watched over the family empire. That's when Jared bought the weekly newspaper, The New York Observer. The Times reported he paid nearly $10 million for a majority stake, which begs the question, what would the real estate heir need with a newspaper? Welcome to another episode of Trump Mafia. I'm your returning host, Aaron May. Thanks to the good folks at Criminal Minded Media for bringing me back for another exciting episode. The target, or subject, of this episode of Trump Mafia is Jared the Kush Kushner, the most spectacularly unqualified member of Trump's cabal. On past episodes, we have covered equally notable names, but at least they had a story to their story. This guy is a late night talk show punchline. We will cover his past and give you the background, but at the end of the day, the story is short. He's just a trust fund douchebag whose ultra-rich real estate felon Charlie OG Kush Kushner greased two state senators and the school itself to get his son into Harvard. At some point, Jared hooks up with Trump's daughter and bingo bongo, he's in charge of bringing peace to the Middle East. You know, a Kush job. I've racked my brain thinking that there had to be some genius nefarious move for having this sentient Coles mannequin, to quote John Oliver, as an advisor. There had to be something more than nepotism to this. Something that made sense. Like maybe Kushner had a secret pipeline to a Russian sex ring that the Don could grab some pussy from. I have even pondered the possibility of a deep, dark secret that the Kush could extort the Don over, but that would be too smart for the Kush. So why the fuck is this, so why the fuck is Harvard's shiniest mistake in the White House? Even ex-Harvard schoolmate Natalie Portman thinks he's a tool, who cheated his way through school, not to mention. He's been planning this week's visit of the Chinese president to Mar-a-Lago, and he's also tasked with brokering peace in the Middle East. The president tapping his son-in-law to reform the criminal justice system, not to mention he's running the new Office of American Innovation, where he's responsible for reforming veteran care, tackling the opioid epidemic, and overseeing the not-so-small feat of revamping the entire federal government. Holy shit! It is not unusual for powerful men to give their son-in-laws do-nothing jobs, but leave it to Donald Trump, who can't even get nepotism right, to give his a do-everything job. But the, the truth is, we, we may all be thinking that it's Jared Kushner, the man, remember, responsible for, among other things, repairing the Middle East, something that his father-in-law is actually pretty confident in. I have a feeling that Jared is gonna do a great job. I have a feeling he's gonna... He's gonna do a great job. He is so great. If you can't produce peace in the Middle East, nobody can. Okay, then nobody can. 
But it gets even more exhausting when you hear his ideas for Middle East peace, outlined at the Peace to Prosperity Conference in Bahrain in late June of 2019. For a moment, imagine a new reality in the Middle East. Imagine a bustling commercial and tourist center in Gaza and the West Bank where international businesses come together and thrive. Fast forward to January of 2020, when President Trump authorized a drone strike that killed Iran's top security and intelligence commander, Major General Qasem Soleimani. It's unclear how we can, in Jared's words, and I'm quoting here, imagine a new reality for the Middle East while the U.S. is bombing it. But to tell the Kush's story is to point out the fine pedigree he comes from. A family feud erupted over business and money, splitting OG Charlie from his brother Murray and sister Esther. This was over a whistleblower lawsuit alleging illegal political contributions by old chuckles to none other than, wait for it, Hillary Clinton. Imagine Chuckles' disappointment in Young Kush working for the Don. As a result, an ambitious new U.S. attorney from New Jersey none other than the felonious and flatulent Chris Christie, started investigating the Kush crew. Believing his relatives were behind all this, Chuckles did a truly remarkable thing in response. He arranged to pay a prostitute, not for himself, but to seduce his sister Esther's husband. He had the ensuing sexual encounter taped and photographed and sent the tape and photos to Esther. He also arranged for a second prostitute to try to seduce the whistleblowing bookkeeper, but this guy turned her down. It all blew up in Charlie's face. The feds learned everything. Charles was arrested, and after pleading guilty to tax evasion, illegal campaign contributions, and witness tampering for the tape, he was sent to jail in 2005. Charles Kushner pled guilty to... Um basically three counts, tax fraud, illegal campaign contributions. But the, the most sort of scandalous and notorious thing was that uh, he, he set his own brother-in-law up in a very sordid sting involving a prostitute. That, that was witness tampering. Um, and Christie had a lot of leverage over him that I go into the book about his personal life that Charles Kushner did not want out uh, in public, which is why he pled guilty so quickly. And Jared was aware. As we said earlier, there really is no big resume here. No history of accomplishments, no awards, no publications, except for when his daddy bought him the New York Observer and let him run it into the ground amid numerous allegations of deleting negative stories about his friends, ordering hit pieces on his competitors, and trying to emulate that megalomaniac Murdoch. That's the only way that you can understand the intensity of the hatred that I think is engendered in Jared towards Christie, but towards the system, right? This is, you know, there's a, there's a Kushner mentality, and Charles had it too, that, you know, we're not here to, you know, rule, we don't wait uh, to be accepted by Harvard. We, you know, we pay our way into Harvard. Uh, you and, know. and explain that. So, Charles Kushner's company sent a check to uh, Harvard University for $2.5 million. Jared Kushner ended up going to Harvard. He was at his high school in the third track 
of the, in his class there were five tracks. He was in the third. No, it was unheard of uh, from, for anyone in the third track to go to any Ivy League school, let alone Harvard. And I quote one of his classmates, who was in the first track, getting being rejected by Harvard and crying when she heard um, that Jared had got in. And a lot of the teachers were crying. They thought it was it was such an abuse of the system. But the Kushners are used to buying buying their way through life. They think that money buys everything. When Trump decided to name Kushner to a top White House job, Minnie Kush followed his father-in-law's lead by doing the absolute bare minimum to disentangle himself from his business interests. Since then, there have been a seemingly endless array of reports about conflicts of interest, questionable activity from either the Kush directly or the Kushner companies, which are privately held and have opaque finances. Much of this involves one Kushner investment in particular, the skyscraper at 666 Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. That's right, 666, the mark of the beast. Since 2015, the Kush approached quite a coterie of ne'er-do-wells to purchase, partner with, and save him from the disastrous investment on Fifth Avenue. A Saudi billionaire, a Qatari business executive, the richest man in France, a South Korean government-controlled sovereign wealth fund, the Chinese insurance company Angbang, all without success. These issues, among others, led to the Kush being unable to gain security clearance for his role in the government. That is, until Agent Orange forced it upon federal agencies. Jared Kushner this week lost his top-level security clearance. And so since uh, Mueller does not really speak about his investigation much, and we don't know the details of that investigation, uh, there has been um, an investigation by reporters into some of the business dealings that Kushner has had that could have potentially compromised him uh, when it comes to his job as a member of Trump's administration. Uh, Kushner was looking for $500 million for one of his properties in New York, the biggest one, 666 Fifth Avenue. He first tried to sell it to the Chinese, a company called Anbang, which is owned by the Chinese government. While he was in the transition uh, period, he's gonna go and serve the president soon, dealing with the Chinese government, and, and they were gonna way overpay. And it was so controversial that the Chinese government was like, Okay, forget it. And they backed out, right? This is just too ugly. That's pretty brazen, by the way, in the process of the transition. It, that was unreal. That, yeah. that was record-breaking corruption. And Kushner's not the one who backed out. The Chinese backed out. They're like, look, this looks bad even for us, okay? Then Kushner then went to the government of Qatar and asked for $500 million. And again, Qatar backed out because they're like, no, everybody's paying attention. This doesn't look good, okay? Mm -hmm. Then... Look at this, through two different properties, Kushner Companies gets $500 million. Part of it is from Citibank, the other part is from, in a roundabout way, the government of Qatar.
Now, it really might be for those two different properties and not for Fifth Avenue, which is in a lot of trouble. That's that's their biggest building and in a world of hurt, right? It might bankrupt the whole company if it goes on. He's still involved in this family's business. And, you know, it's the same situation with Trump where he's like, yeah, yeah, blind trust. I don't even know if he actually did the blind trust. He claimed he would do it and it doesn't appear that no, there, there is any no blind trust. Trump handed it off to his kids. That's not a blind trust. Blind trust is you hand it off to a lawyer and you don't know where your money is. And hence, there's no conflict of interest. Trump knows exactly where his money is, Mar-a-Lago, all of his properties run by his kids, who he talks to all the time. In the case of Kushner, he says, well, I divested from uh, the company, right. but actually some of these buildings he still has money in. Yes. So the conflict of interest is 100%. Lest we forget the main theme of the series, Trump and his cabal of sinister succubus cronies. The Kush did in fact do one act of espionage and treason on behalf of the Big Cheeto in chief. He took the infamous meeting at Trump Tower with Trump's other crew, the Ruskies. This meeting not only was illegal, scandalous, and reprehensible, it more importantly displayed the unscrupulous side of the Kush, proving that the Kushner poison apple does not fall far from the tree of deceit. Today in his confirmation hearing to be the next FBI director, Christopher Wray told the members of the Senate Judiciary Committee that if any foreign governments offered to help their re-election campaigns in any way, they should call the FBI. Here's what I want you to tell every politician. If you get a call from somebody suggesting that a foreign government wants to help you by disparaging your opponent, tell us all to call the FBI. To the members of this committee, any threat or effort to interfere with our elections from any nation state or any non-state actor is the kind of thing the FBI would want to know. Yes, criminally minded people would hold that meeting. Honorable people would not. People named Trump or married to Trump's would hold that meeting and did. And it was too much today, even for the Trump-worshipping New York Post, which in an editorial today entitled, What an Idiot. That's the title of it. New York Post editorial said, we see one truly solid takeaway from the story of the day Donald Trump Jr. is an idiot. That is exactly the story that his brother-in-law, Jared Kushner, wanted. Donald Trump Jr. is an idiot. Of course, the story that Jared Kushner really, really wanted was the story in which none of this ever comes out. None of it. Jared Kushner made the mistake of going to work in the White House and filling out Standard Form 86 in order to obtain a security clearance, and he checked the box saying yes. He understood that, quote, if I withhold, misrepresent, or falsify information on this form, I am subject to the penalties for inaccurate or false statement per U.S. Criminal Code Title 18, Section 1001. Jared Kushner filled out this form, which carries a maximum five-year prison penalty for not telling the truth. This form required him to disclose that meeting. Jared Kushner is facing a possible five-year sentence tonight for not disclosing that meeting on Standard Form 86, and Donald Trump Jr. is the idiot. The New York Post does not have one negative word about Jared Kushner in its editorial today, not one. Jared Kushner knew, he knew this story was going to come out. Donald Trump Jr. didn't. Jared Kushner knew it before anyone else in the Trump family because Jared Kushner knew exactly when he recently updated Standard Form 86 to include this meeting. Jared Kushner knew that at some point this meeting was going to leak. And if it didn't leak, Jared Kushner 
was going to be asked about it in what could have been the most dramatic, bombastic moment of all of the congressional hearings, Jared Kushner under oath being asked about this meeting in the hearing. He would have been forced to admit that, yes, there was another meeting with the Russians that he failed to disclose as the form required him to do. We already knew that Jared Kushner had to update the form for a meeting that he and Michael Flynn had with the Russian ambassador, and so Jared Kushner had a decision to make after updating this form and including the meeting with Donald Trump Jr. and Paul Manafort and a Russian lawyer, Natalia Veselnitskaya, and her translator. Jared Kushner had to decide when he wanted that story to come out. When is the best time for him? And the best time for Jared Kushner was as soon as possible and as far in advance as possible of any public testimony Jared Kushner might give to congressional investigating committees. Better for Jared Kushner if this meeting is old news by the time he testifies. Jared Kushner didn't want any of this to come out. That would have been his first choice. Have none of it come out. And that's why he didn't put it on his application for security clearance, an application that he signed under oath. Jared Kushner didn't want it to come out, but if it had to come out, better that the story be that Donald Trump Jr. is an idiot than Jared Kushner is a criminal. Better for Jared. Jared Kushner's lawyers saw the emails. That is how they became public. Jared Kushner's lawyers searched Jared Kushner's emails when they were desperately trying to get him out of the criminal trouble of having not told the truth on Standard Form 86. And Jared Kushner's lawyers were doing their due diligence. They wanted to make sure that when they updated their client's form, they would include every contact that Jared Kushner had with foreign governments and foreign agents. And so they searched Jared Kushner's emails. His lawyers searched his emails. That's why we all have that email now. Jared Kushner's lawyers found it. Jared Kushner's lawyers then amended his standard form 86 accordingly, and now the world has those emails. The story has unfolded as well as it possibly could at this point for Jared Kushner, who is the person who has the greatest criminal liability of anyone who sat in that room with that Russian lawyer and her translator at Trump Tower. Jared Kushner is in more legal trouble for that meeting that Donald Trump, than Donald Trump Jr. is or than Paul Manafort is. Much more, five years more. A few weeks into the COVID crisis, COVID Kush faced immense backlash after calling the White House response a quote, great success story, saying, we're on the other side of the medical aspect of this, and I think that we've achieved all the different milestones that are needed. The federal government rose to the challenge, and this is a great success story. End quote. Over 500,000 Americans have died since Minnie Kush made this statement. Things are clearly dire right now. The coronavirus death toll is currently over 60,000 in the US, meaning that in just three months, it's killed more Americans than the Vietnam War, which is a truly grim milestone. And that is what made it so jarring to see Jared Kushner and his resting Do You Know Who My Father Is face basically declare victory over the virus on Wednesday. The government, federal government, rose to the challenge, and this is a great success story. Uh, and, and I think that that's really, you know, what needs to be told. And the hope is, is that uh, the country's really rocking again. Oh, it'll be really rocking again, will it, Jared? 
It's incredible to see someone with the skin of a newborn baby birthed in a tub of Neutrogena talk like a middle-aged dad desperately trying to connect with his teenage son. In his victory lap this week, Jared Kushner said this. Somebody asked me why it took so long. I actually said, you should look at how, how did we do this so quickly? And what's really happened is truly, uh, truly extraordinary. No, it fucking isn't, Jared. Taking months to do what other countries did in weeks is not extraordinary. The only thing that's extraordinary here is that the most punchable face in America somehow looks like it's never been touched by human hands. Does it just absorb fists like a bowl of heavy cream? What's your secret, you translucent sociopath? We are still playing catch up in the middle of a pandemic, which in turn means thousands upon thousands of people dying preventable deaths. So if this is a great success story for anyone, it's for the fucking coronavirus. Did you know that Javanka made an estimated $640 million? $640 million while working in the White House. What the actual fuck, right? Apparently, they didn't get the memo about not profiting from the White House clout or doing deals that leverage an audience of support from Daddy Don. The worst part is it was our money paying their bills. That's right, yours, mine, the American taxpayers. All hail the chief, am I right? We learned yesterday that Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump earned somewhere between one hundred and seventy two million dollars and six hundred and forty million dollars in what is called outside income while working in the White House during the presidency of Donald Trump. This was a financial analysis done by crew citizens for a responsibility and ethics in Washington. They looked at financial disclosures and uh, you might remember that uh, Donald Trump famously said he would donate a salary and Jared Kushner would be an unpaid advisor to Trump and Ivanka would be an unpaid advisor. She no, none of them were taking salaries while working for the government. And that was supposed to prove there's no nepotism and there's no concerns or whatever. Um, we saw all of it and they made an insane amount of money while working in the White House advising a sitting president Imagine making as much as two thirds of a billion dollars over four years while working a government job at the highest level. Now, in reality, families should simply be banned from serving in any position whatsoever for the federal government when a family member is president. At minimum, no matter what you're doing, you should have to be Senate confirmed. Now, this is, of course, uh, in addition to the fact that they cost the American people and taxpayers way more money, Ivanka and Jared, through their constant trips, secret service protection and the whole thing. So, yeah, it's truly shocking. You might remember and we're already seeing a lot of responses about this, people saying, well, look, the Clintons became super wealthy after Bill Clinton was president. Barack Obama became super wealthy after he was president. Yes, that's after after they weren't making millions and hun hundreds of millions of dollars during their White House years. Uh, but this isn't even the president. This is the president's kids while working at the White House, making somewhere between one hundred and seventy two million and six hundred and forty million dollars. Um, so you can't really what about your way out of that one. Guys,
as any good bartender or power couple could recognize, it's when there's no more juice to squeeze. It's time to move on. With Daddy out of office, their DC money train made its final stop. So as any close-knit loving family would do, they've tried to distance themselves as far as possible from Donnie Dearest to salvage their shredded reputations. But hey, don't feel too bad. They bought a $30 million compound just 30 minutes away from Mar-a-Lago. New this morning, increasingly strained relationships within the Trump family. This is a fascinating story. CNN learning that the two people closest to the former president during his time in office, Ivanka and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, they actually have been distancing themselves from Trump and his constant grievances about the, quote, stolen election. Um, they really put some physical distance. Remember, Jared and Ivanka moved to Florida after the election to South, South Florida, where they're not too far from Mar-a-Lago, uh, where the former president lived. Uh, up until recently, he switched to a summer home in Bedminster, New Jersey. But, you know, there, was no, there were no sightings. There weren't any, uh, you know, extended stays at Mar-a-Lago as there had been in years past. So clearly, this is a relationship that has changed dramatically since the end of the Trump administration. The first daughter and husband, Jared Kushner, have just bought this waterfront lot for $30 million, and that's without a house. As a New York City power couple, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner were a red carpet fixture, attending the most exclusive A-list parties in town. But now, after four years in Washington, will Javanka be welcomed back into New York society, or will they be put on a Big Apple blacklist? Ivanka and Jared both worked high up in her father's White House. So will their liberal New York neighbors forgive them for their role in the administration? Headlines suggest it will not be a warm welcome back. 